0: so good. I'm so excited to be here, you guys. And happy Mother's Day to all the moms. Funny story, America has a different Mother's Day. Um, It's May 8th in America. And this year, I've finally gotten it right. Last year and the year before, I called my mom today and was like, Mom, it's Mother's Day. She was like, what? it's not true so after three years i think i've actually figured it out but um certainly thankful for my mom so grateful for all of you and the influence that you have um on families and on lives and in communities so grateful for you all so happy mother's day um <laughs> david's um but yeah I am excited about this morning. Um, We've been going after a life empowered by the Spirit and what that looks like and just different things that play into what that is and what that means. Um, And so today, the Lord really put on my heart to talk about surrender. Um, And surrender is one of those topics where I have never been so inspired by something as much as I've been inspired by surrender. It's also something that has never cost me so much in my life as well. Um, it's one of those double edged swords where um, it is a beautiful, beautiful thing, but it is not an easy thing. Um, so, just unpacking some of those things that I've learned across the years, and I mean, goodness, we could talk about surrender for years on end. Um, but there's just a few things that I'd love to talk about today, just regarding surrender and what it looks like um, and what that process would be. Um, but yeah, so let's pray. That's good. God, thank you for today. Thank you for a sunny, wonderful, warm day. Thank you, Jesus, that your presence is here with us, God. Um, thank you, Lord, that you have ordained this moment, ordained this time, ordained every person being within this these four walls, God. I just thank you that you're so good. You're good, and your promises are yes and amen, and you're faithful, and we just thank you in Jesus' name. I thank you for um, the words that I say, God. I thank you that they would be your words, Lord. I thank you, Jesus, that you would begin to convict us and to grow us, God, um, in your ways and in your love, Jesus. And I thank you for who you are and what you've done for us in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, yeah, so good. I am, yeah, I'm I'm very thankful for what surrender has done um, in my life. And so (laughs) I'll tell you a little bit about it. So most of you know who I am, um, but my name is Mara. I live in Antrim. I am originally from North Carolina. Um, I came over almost three years ago, which is insane that it's been that long. It's almost three years in August. Um, And I was from North Carolina moved to California, and then moved to here, which, oddly enough, between North Carolina and California and North Carolina and here is only a 90-mile difference. It's just water instead of land. Um, so it was kind of funny when my parents, I was telling them, I was like, so I think I might be moving to another country. My mom panicked for a second, and then she was like, oh, it's only 90 miles farther. I was like, it's fine. We're good to go. It's all good. Um, But yeah, so my story is a bit interesting in regards to surrender um, just because the Lord has asked me to do it quite a bit. Um, And I think that that is something when you choose to lay your life down for the Lord or you ask him to change you and to grow you, he 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 will respond to that. He, he if you say that you want to grow, he will make sure you do. Um, and I do love that because that is the faithfulness of his heart. And there are so many things where, gosh, I mean, you look back on your life and you realize that sucked. But I wouldn't be here without this thing, or you know, I wouldn't be so stretched um, without this thing that happened. Um, so I just want to start with a few. There, I have a few points to add with with surrender and the first thing that I wanna talk about is that surrender requires us to face things. Um, surrender is, <laughs> it's costly. Surrender is very costly. Um, a lot of it has to do with acceptance as well. And so I remember when I, um, my, my life turned out a lot different than what I thought it would be. I was gonna be a nurse and I was loving my life. Um, and then I ended up going into a school Um, had a really, really awful experience at the school and then decided just after everything blew over, just had a really hard time. The the school that I was in ended up, you know, the head of nursing forgot to renew her nursing license and then this happened and then this person was, it was just a bad time, it was a bad time. So it all kind of crumbled into bits and I was crumbled into bits as well. And I remember so clearly the Lord being like, You were making this who you are, but that's not who you are. And so I want you to to give your life to me. Will you you do it? Will you be brave enough to give your life to me, not give your life to a career, not give your life to a goal set, not give your life to a step-by-step plan? Will you give your life to me? And it was difficult because I had poured myself into this. Um, I tend to pour a lot of myself into the things I pursue. So I remember being on the floor. I remember sitting on the floor and just thinking, it's over. It's over. What do I do with my life? <laughs> we all been there probably. i um, are just sitting there like this was everything. Like, this was it. This was my plan. This was good. I was going for it. I had connections and it's over. And the Lord just was like, will you let me have it? And after several weeks of a lot of tears, I was like, okay, yeah, I'll do it. And I realized over that time that my family was, my parents especially, they had pretty traumatic childhoods. So they never really learned how we our family as a whole never really understood how to process pain if that makes sense um no one really understood people knew how to survive we knew how to move on but we didn't understand what processing pain looked like and those two things are very very different so within that not understanding how to process pain not knowing how to do conflict well breeds conflict (laughs) within the family so i remember thinking that and thinking oh dear god like i'm I've just, this happened, and I don't know how to talk to my parents about this, and I don't know. So there was a friend of mine, and she was like, I'm in California. I'm at a ministry school. Just come and see me. Like, just come and see me. Get a break. Get away. And I was like, you know what? I deserve that. Let's go on a break. The Lord nailed me. So we get there, um, and honestly, I had one of the most powerful encounters with the Lord of my life in which I realized, it was like was I thought I was going to be a nurse wonderful, good job, steady income, benefits, all the things. And the Lord was like, actually, do you want to be in ministry? And I was like, what? What? And so he asked me to move to California to start pursuing ministry, not my plan. But it costs a lot. Um, I was there, I was with my family, I had the best friends I'd ever had before in my life. I had Um, a good job at the time, and I was, I was, I was in a very stable environment, and the Lord asked me if I would give it up, and there's a lot of fear that you have to face when the Lord asks you to give something up, and so I remember just sitting there and being like, if you're asking me, then I'll go, because what else would I do, and I'm terrified, but I guess I'm just gonna go terrified, Because there is those things where sometimes it's like, well, okay, I was so stressed out. I was so worried. I didn't know where things were going to come from. I didn't know what I was going to do. And the Lord was like, well, then you have fear to face. So let's learn how to surrender that to me. Let's learn how to let that thing not be the thing that stops you from going over here. Because this is what I have for you. But in order to get there, we have to acknowledge this thing. And so that was a very stretching experience. And so here I am, friends. Um, and it all started with that. It all started with God taking my plan, completely wrecking it, and me having to face what the loss of that looks like, and learning as well that just because that I am hurting doesn't mean that God can't use me. Just because I'm hurting doesn't mean that God can't take that and make it for something good. Because I thought I was useless after that. I was like, well, if I can't be a nurse, that's what I've always wanted, what can I do? And the Lord was like, are you serious? So much more. There's so much more here if you'll give it to me. One thing that I love about the Lord is that he does not ask us to surrender in a moment. I think a lot of times that we think, oh, wow, yeah, I have to surrender, or here I am again surrendering, or here this is again surrendering, la, la, la. This is not a one and done thing. Um, The Lord is so good. Can you imagine if the Lord asked us to surrender everything that we had to in a moment for a lifetime? I think I'd die. Honestly, I think I would, like he's so faithful and he takes his time with us. He takes his time with us, he's not in a rush. When I, when I was younger, my dad is one of those people where if you're going to the cinema, he's there half an hour early, you have your popcorn, you have your drinks, you're done with them before the movie start, before the trailers start, but you're there. Um, and we always used to tease, it was like, if dad has a 3 p.m. flight, he's getting up at five in the morning to go to the airport. And it wasn't far off, actually, so we used to tease him all the time. But then my mom also was the type where the movie would be starting. It starts at 8. It is 8. And she's still, like, just finishing up tidying. And we're like, Mom, get in the car. And so I think a lot of times we can think that that's what the Lord is doing. He's like, oh, my gosh, we're here again. Like, you're surrendering this again. We're doing this again. When actually, that's you. You know, the Lord takes his time with us. He doesn't require it. There was a man who, um, his name is Jim Elliott. He was a missionary in Ecuador who ended up martyred, which is a huge surrendering of his life. And he says, one does not surrender a life in an instant. That which is lifelong can only be surrendered within a lifetime. God takes his time with us. God's not in a hurry. God is aware that this takes a lifetime. And he's made the way for that to happen. I don't think we're actually supposed to have it together until we're in heaven. Surprise. I don't think we ever will. I think that we actually need Jesus. I think that he came for a reason. I don't think we're actually ever going to be perfect. (laughs) Boo! But also, that's why he came, because we need him. James 4.7 says, Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. How do you resist the devil? You submit yourselves to God. What does that mean? Well, submitting often means giving giving away your plan, giving away your will to serve another's. And I think it's so interesting that when we do that, the devil will flee from us. It's actually quite simple. We make it quite complicated, but it's really not that difficult when you think about it in the context of how it actually works. Um, He's so good, and I think that sometimes we will we'll come to things, like maybe perhaps we've been in certain situations where it's like, I thought I surrendered this. I thought I did. I thought that we were over this. But maybe there's another layer that you didn't see that the Lord's bringing up. And it was only because of the last layer that this one is revealed like an onion, which is a very smelly thing, but still a great analogy in the sense that God is always working with us. God is always moving with us. And there were things I remember, like standing here right now, there is no way I could have ever done that without my time at Bethel because I got there and I was ready. I was like, this is my time. I'm finally gonna be useful. I'm finally gonna get to do things and this will be great. And I remember the Lord was like, nope, you're gonna spend the entire year doing nothing and you need to learn how to process your pain. So I cried the whole year. It was terrible. I was like, I was going to be fabulous and I was going to shine. And I was literally on the floor for most of the year, but that set up my heart to be able to bear the weight of what it looks like to go into ministry it's not easy and so there are things with our lives like it's just not simple it's not straightforward but the lord is actually the strength within us for us to be able to get into those things um yeah and it's just it's beautiful thought that's when when you surrender your life to the lord when you give it to him when you let go of those things that are nagging you or you let go of those fears and all that things when you face those things And that's the thing, it's not a running from, it's not a denying the reality of, if you're scared, you're scared. It's facing that fear. It's coming up against that and saying, yes, this is what I'm afraid about, but I'm going to trust the Lord. I'm going to acknowledge that I feel this way, but press on through this and continue with what the Lord has for me. It's not a denying of reality. It's bringing the Lord into your reality and walking through it with him. It's very different. And I love that Jesus came as a human on purpose. He came and dignified our human experience. He came as a human on purpose. I think it's interesting too, because I've spent a lot of my life trying to completely deny the fact that I'm human and try to be the likeness of Christ on a daily basis and not actually be human, (laughs) not actually struggle, when actually the Lord is in the struggle. The Lord is growing us within our struggle. And I just remember having this aha moment one day where I was like, oh, wait a second, that was you. I rebuked the devil, but actually it was you. Sorry, I'm so sorry. But he's in those moments. There's so many times where, like I had so much pain I didn't know how to process, but without that pain, he wouldn't have moved in my life like I had before. So he's in it. He makes all things for our good. And he teaches us how to process these things and how to face things and truly resolve them so that we can bear the weight of what he has for us. And his yoke is light. So it's really amazing how, going through these sorts of things and difficulties ends up giving you a lighter yoke than what you were carrying before. But it doesn't seem like it will. It's like, oh, maybe this will get heavier and heavier as maybe your responsibility grows, or this will get heavier and heavier the more things you have to navigate. But not if you're navigating it with the Lord. If you're doing it by yourself, it's heavy. But there's such a picture with oxen. So the the yoke is easy. That whole concept, I mean, you guys probably know more about cattle than me, so I'm not gonna pretend that I'm a pro at this. But what they would do is when they're plowing fields, they would have two oxen, and they'd have one big strong one, and then beside it is a younger one. And so the older one was slow and steady, and it was the lines were straight, he'd done it before, it was good, he bared a lot of the weight. And the young one was like, let's go, let's hurry, and let's do this quick and hooray, here I am all full of energy. And they would pair it with an older oxen to teach it slow and steady is best. Slow and steady saves you time. Slow and steady helps you. So they're training another by using the wisdom of the other and it holds the, most of the weight but they're still doing it together. And that's what God does. That's the picture that he used. It's not that you're doing this on your own. He's actually bearing most of the weight if you do it with him. <laughs> if you want to be the young little ox that just prances all about the field, it's exhausting, Trust. It's exhausting. But he's designed it so that he actually does this beside us. He bears the load. His yoke is light. Because he's doing this with you, you're not doing it by yourself. And I love that so much. The second point I'd like to talk about is that surrender is faith building. Surrender is faith building. And with this, I'd love to look at... We're going to look at the story of Abraham, for example. Because this is one of the most... Surrendering stories in the Bible, in my opinion. He, the Lord required and asked a lot of Abraham. Over his life, um, he asked Abraham to surrender his family, which he was very close with his family, surrender his country, surrender his people, surrender their religion and the gods that he followed, um, told him that he would have a child, and then it was 25 years before he had one. and he had exhausted all of his measures of doing it on his own and then he asked him to send ultimately give up his child after 25 years of waiting for it can you imagine the toll that that would take you finally have a kid and then he asked you to give it up he had given up everything for the Lord everything so I just want to start at Genesis 22 this isn't on the screen because it's a lot so get ready for story time who's ready for story time um, Genesis 22, starting at 2, says, God said, take your son, your only son who you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain I will show you. First of all, he's like, I'd be so mad. He's like, you're asking me to sacrifice my son? And you're not even telling me the mountain to go to? You'll show me? Are you kidding me? Like, can you imagine this, this moment where he's not only asking him to sacrifice his son but he hasn't even told him exactly where he's going so Abraham's just gonna trust him and and go what faith is that early the next morning Abraham, Abraham got up and loaded his donkey he took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac when he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering he set out for the place God had told him about on the third day Abraham looked up and he saw it in the distance He said to his servant, Stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship and then we will come back to you. So Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac, and he himself carried the fire and the knife. As the two of them went together, Isaac spoke up to his father and said, Father, yes, my son, Abraham said. The fire and wood are here, Isaac said. But where is the lamb for the burnt offering? And Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering. And the two of them went on together. This would be so devastating. Can you imagine like your heart, his heart's probably breaking. When they reached the place that God had told him about, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then he reached out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, 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 Here I am, he replied. Do not lay your hand on the boy, he said. Don't do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. Abraham looked up and there in the thicket saw a ram caught by its horns. He went over, took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called that place the Lord will provide. And to this day, it is said on the mountain, the Lord will provide. The angel of the Lord called to Abraham from heaven a second time and said, I swear by myself, declares the Lord, that because you have done this and you have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will take possession of the cities, of their enemies, and through your offspring, all the nations on the earth will be blessed because you have obeyed obeyed me. He set the tone of nations with this. And there's, the, in Hebrews, one thing that I love about this, the faith that he had with the Lord, Hebrews eleven seventeen 17 through 19 says, by faith, Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had embraced the promises was about to sacrifice his one and only son. And even though God said to him, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. Abraham reasoned that God could even raise the dead. And so in a manner of speaking, he did receive his Isaac back from the death. So his thought, like me, would I would have been a distressed parent, freaking out, you know? But Abraham's, Abraham's train of thought was, well, if worse comes to worse, God can raise him back to, from, some, from the dead. So if worse comes to worse, he'll just raise him from the dead. That was his, That was his thinking. And that is insane that is insane but if you go back we see he left his country he left his people he left his religion he waited 25 years for a son he went wayward tried to figure it out by himself had to give that up too then gets the son he's finally asked for and he gives him up why Because in every other one of those things the Lord asked him to give up, he came through every time. Maybe not the way that he would have liked it, but every time that God asked Abraham to sacrifice, his favor fell on him because of it. So it got to the point when he was asked for the ultimate thing, for the ultimate thing, for the son he had asked for, for the son he had labored over, for the son he tried to get of his own ability he, he willingly laid it down saying, oh, all right, well, he'll just raise him from the dead because he's that faithful, because he's that good, because he keeps his promises, and he said that the nations would come from my son, so if I kill him, that doesn't make sense, right? So I'm just going to believe that, yeah, he'll raise him from the dead because he said that, and I know what he says is true. I know that his promises are good and I know that he'll do right by me because he has so many times before. Surrender is faith building because when you surrender, when you surrender what the Lord is asking you of, his favor falls on it and it builds on itself. It becomes so much easier to give up what God is asking you to give up when you've done it multiple times and he comes through with his goodness and he comes through with his favor and it builds and it builds and it builds. And this is by no way a comparison to giving up your son. But when I moved to California, that was incredibly difficult for me for that time. And then when the Lord asked me to come here, it wasn't nearly as hard because I knew what it was to to move my life somewhere. It's a different culture, sure. But it was so much less intimidating because I remember being like, this was where I was was at. The Lord called me here. I grew so incredibly much from here. I became so much more skilled and refined. I learned how to process pain. I learned how to go about leadership healthily without it costing every ounce of me. So if God's calling me here, then yeah, I'm gonna go. I have to go. And I remember calling Joshua at, I was here on a trip and I knew the Lord was asking me to come here. And I remember FaceTiming Joshua. We were doing long distance at the time. And I think it was one in the morning in Texas where he was. And I remember saying to him, I have to do this because I know that the Lord is asking. It was like, I hate long distance. <laughs> I don't want to do it across an ocean. I want you to come. But even if you don't, I have to do this. And that sounds really terrible. But there was just something in me that was like, I know I have to do, I know I have to respond to this. I know I have to respond to this call. And from the whole beginning, I was like, Joshua's going, I just have a feeling, like he's going. I was still terrified he wouldn't, but I was like, it's gonna be fine. I just have a, like, I just, you know, sometimes you just know, you're like, this is gonna work out, I just know it is. But it was still scary. And so I just remember being like, the conviction in me is so strong that we have to do it. That's just the way it is. Like, this is just what we're doing. Because whenever you get the call of the Lord or whenever he asks you to do something and you've seen him move before, you can't just keep living your life and be like, well, I don't want to. Because when you're marked by God in that way, when there's something that happens and you surrender to it and he falls on it and asks something more of you, what are you going to do, not do it? It's, it, it's not even a possibility anymore. So it becomes so, it becomes easier as it gets on. I think sometimes things, you know, the sacrifices are bigger, some are smaller, some are, you know, they fluctuate with things, circumstances, situations. But it becomes so much easier when you know that the Lord is faithful because he has been faithful. He has been faithful, he has been faithful, so he will be faithful. And I love this picture this real picture of what it looks like to have your life so surrendered that, you know, in my head, I'm like, oh my gosh, you're asking me to kill my son. You're not even telling me where we're going. Also, I have a knife in my hand. I'm gonna stab him. He's gonna be traumatized. Like, we're never gonna be friends again. Like, what's going on? This is gonna be terrible. This is gonna wreck the whole family. And he's like, no, God will bring him back and he'll become nations because he said he would. And that's that, done. Done. Because he cultivated that with the, with the Lord. It's faith building. It strengthens your faith when you know that if this is what God's asking you to do and you do it, he will fall on it. And so surrender is faith building and the longer that you do it, sometimes it's easier. <laughs> sometimes it isn't. But God is always in it. If he's asking you to give up something, he's always in it. And he's always bringing something that was so much better. So much better. I remember being um, after this was a couple of years ago, I I ended up really, really sick here with a really bad kidney infection. And I was in the hospital during COVID for a week. And I remember watching the nurses around me. (laughs) And I just had this thought. I was like, oh my word. I think I might've actually hated being a nurse because I was just watching them run circles around people. And I was like, they should be paid so much more. They run everywhere, like everywhere. They don't go home when they're supposed to. They always leave late. I think I'd hate my life. Like, I actually do think I would. And it just kind of laughed at myself. I was like, that was my everything. That was my goal. I was like, I'll be a nurse. I'll do missions trips. And, you know, maybe I'll do this. But I'll just be a nurse and be so happy. And then I was sitting here. I was like, oh, this is a full circle moment. This is interesting. God, knows so much better than me. (laughs) I would hate it. And it's so interesting when you, when you see those things, you're just like, oh gosh, there really is very little that matters other than the voice of the Lord. There really is not that much that matters outside of his voice and his call. Um, yeah, <laughs> it gets easier. My third point is surrender brings us closer to the Lord. James 4, 8 says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. And this sounds kind of funny, but I learned as well. It's like God is so much closer to me when I let him in to my issues, if that makes sense. I think I would have grown up definitely with the impression that I had to have it all together, Um, and if I didn't, I would look like it. Um, but what that looked like is I, I would have brought a lot of things out of my own strength, not understanding I'm actually not built to do this by myself, but I have to have it together at the same time. So then it becomes like if you have to have it together, you're doing that by yourself. You really are. So I think that there was just a lot in me where I struggled a lot with not understanding what it looks like to lead without it being deeply personal and costly of myself because I think before that I had in relationships and certain things I didn't know how to process pain so it just stacks up on itself and it gets really heavy and so then if anything bad happens I would fall to bits because it was a problem with me and I remember coming here early at one point And I remember John was sitting across from me and he was like, hey, I need to talk to you about something. And I was like, what happened? Like, is everything okay? What, am I, like, what happened? Is is it fine? And he was like, like, I actually sounded like that. I could not speak. I was like, are we, like, what's wrong? What's going on? And he was like, whoa. And I just kind of sat there and I was like, "Mm, (laughs) I know what comes next. And I just remember him being like, that, that, that um that's a problem. I was like, mm. And he was like, "This is not you, like anything will crush you if you're living your life like that." And I was like, I oh, know. <laughs> this is how it's been. So we worked really hard on doing that thing, and now I don't get crushed nearly as easily, but there was so much where it was like, I had to learn that it's okay that I'm a human. It's okay that um I experience pain. It's okay that I have to surrender multiple times because it's actually how God made it. You know, and looking back on my life and thinking that was Satan himself and realizing, actually no, that was God. And it wasn't good in the sense that I had a great time, because no one likes being hurt. But out of that came a strength that wouldn't have come unless that happened. And there's so much of it where we have to learn how to surrender to the fact that God's going to do things we don't like. God's going to do things we don't like. And that's hard to wrestle with sometimes if you think God is joy, and God is good, and God is this. It's like, but that doesn't mean it's fun. That doesn't mean it's not a struggle. It doesn't mean that our humanity isn't interwoven with that. It doesn't mean that we have these things that spring up in us that have to be dealt with. But it does mean that he wants to be that wise old ox that's with us, bearing the load while he teaches us the right way, walking through the dirt, literally, with us as we learn how to plow, that's the word, look at me, plow evenly, straight, saving ourselves so much work because we leaned on him, because we learned by his experience. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. I think as I've learned what surrender is and learned how to do it and learned how to face issues, it's almost like you become so less insecure about your relationship with God in the sense of like, it's rare anymore that I'm like, was that God or was it me? Or was that really the Lord or was this? Or did I hear that right or did I this? like, well, if I get it wrong, I'll just learn from it. Because that's what the Lord does. If I get it wrong, perhaps I'll cry about it a little, but I'll still grow from it. And that's normal. (laughs) Because even through history, the Lord says he has all of our days planned out. The church's record isn't the best record, but God has still worked in it incredibly. And so with that, he's actually really good at working with people who don't get it right. He's really, really good at it. And so realizing that that we like I am one of those people and that's okay made it a lot less scary to step out and to surrender to him because oh it's almost like he planned this or something. It's almost like he knew this would happen and he did and he's good and he's faithful. And so as as we you know work through these things as we like there's, just, there's just a part of me that's been able, over the years of practicing this, and it's not been very long. It's probably been maybe five years that I've really wrestled with this stuff. It's only then where I've, I've come to learn, like it's, God is very fail-safe. <laughs> He's very fail-safe. He's really good at loving us and working with us when we get things wrong because he sent Jesus on purpose. We needed Jesus on purpose. He's here in this on purpose. We're growing and we're challenged on purpose. And the truth is, is thinking about, you know, that time in the hospital where I was thinking about it and I was like, I mean, bored out of my mind, so I probably thought about it way too long. But I was sitting there just remembering like being, I just sat on the floor completely numb after the whole nursing school thing crashed and burned thinking there is nothing for me. I don't know what to do to then sitting in a hospital in Northern Ireland, realizing I would have hated it <laughs> anyway. And how much more confusing would that be if you're like, this is my life and I hate my life. <laughs> like, he saved me from that. He brought me somewhere else. He brought me somewhere where I challenged so much more. I've grown so much more. But it all started with sacrifice. It all started with surrender and it's hard. It's scary, it's painful. It's new a lot of the time. And you kind of have to wait there because it's very rare, if at all, it ever makes sense. You know, like the Lord will ask you to give something up and you're like, what does this apply? Like, how does this make any sense to my life whatsoever? How is this relevant? Tell me now. And the Lord's like, no. No. (laughs) Like, it'd be so much easier. He's like, yeah it'd be too easy because what did he say he said to Doubting Thomas he said blessed are those who believe and have not seen and yet we want to see constantly you're in your little kid and you're like I remember having this little tiny Bible and I was like oh my gosh Thomas like Doubting Thomas he didn't believe the Lord and like the one, like, he had a little red robe. I remember this so clearly. It was like, oh, no, he's, like, he, all the others believed him, and he didn't, my little brain. And now realizing you grew up and you're like, oh, my God, I'm Thomas. Like, oh, no. But realizing the Lord loved Thomas. And at the end of the day, Thomas touched his scars. That's pretty cool. You're like, the Lord's Still had time for him and loved him and did something with his life. And I love that. And so there is just such a sweet thing where are like, oh, huh. I don't have to be God for you to love me. And like, I've spent my whole life trying to be God only to realize, yeah, I don't think that's possible. <laughs> I don't think that's ever gonna happen. But oh, the joy of pursuing him. Oh, the joy of getting what we can while we're on earth. Oh, the joy of seeing new sides of his face. Oh, the joy of pursuing what he has for us and seeing the more and the more and the more because he wants to give more to us. He wants to reveal himself for us. He said, blessed are those who seek. He wants us to seek for him. He wants to let us into the secrets of things. And he's so faithful and he's so good that he does reveal himself. The last point is surrender is worship. That's really cool. Surrenders worship. Romans 12, 1-2 says, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all He has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the, the kind that He will find acceptable. I read this a bunch of times, but there's just something about it that I was thinking about today, and I was like, wait a minute. So... The whole part where it's like, give your bodies to God for all he's done for you. Let them be a living, which is constant, always, always moving, always happening, and holy sacrifice, the kind that he will find acceptable. He finds this acceptable. He finds this process of us laying down our lives as a beautiful and holy and pure thing. It doesn't feel like that at all when you're terrified and you're learning what it is to face fear and deal with it. But he calls that holy. He calls that pure. He calls that a living sacrifice. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Now, this might just be me, but I was quite shocked by the concept that God found surrender worship. Because in my mind, I think I was very performance focused. So with that, I would have thought, me having to get to the point where this is not good in me, and I have to work through this, and it's typically painful because I'm learning how to process pain and get to the other side of it, and then you help me, does not at all look or feel sacrificial, and glorious, and wonderful, and majestic, and pure, in any way. (laughs) It's terrible. But the Lord calls that worship, and there's something so sweet about that, that he wants to invade those hardships and those intricate places. He wants to be a part of those moments. He calls that worship, and there's something so sweet about giving something up to the Lord, and truly doing that, and the way that his presence has washed over me in times where I've faced fears or I've faced insecurities or I've faced this, that, and the other, whatever it is, the way has, I've felt his presence so strongly cover me in those moments is profound. Again, it's like he did it on purpose or something. He doesn't see our constant need to surrender as a falling short. In fact, he said it's be a living sacrifice. That means this is ongoing. (laughs) That means this is an intentional process. That means it doesn't stop. And he calls that good, he calls that worship. That's something that brings us closer to him. Because actually, if you think about it, if what he has for you is over here, and the fear, for example, fear is right in between it, you're actually working your way through the more of what he has for you with him. And he calls that worship. He calls that process worship. He's asked us to do that. And I think I learned that if I did that, I would look bad and I would look like I didn't have it together. When he's actually been like, no, I'd rather you be a mess and come with me than be all fancy and pretty there all by yourself. Because it's not gonna work and it didn't (laughs) it didn't what i tried to do fell two bits and then what he was pulling me through was so much more fulfilling so much more of his promises came true for me because i actually stopped trying to plan what he was doing with my life i stopped being so image conscious of what i thought i should look like with him working in my life so much so That there were times, I didn't realize it at the time, but there were times where I wouldn't let him work with me or work in me because I was too busy trying to fit the Christian persona when he was like, lay on the floor and cry, please. Right now, because you're dying. Only to realize, oh, you're so right. You're so right. And though that was one of the most painful times of my entire life, he was so good. He was so good, so good, so much good came out of that season. So much good I thought was my enemy was actually the dearest friend. He was in it and it wasn't just me on the floor, he was right there, he was right there and now here we are. (laughs) We've grown so much, there's so much more to face, there's so much more to see but again, the more that you have seen him move, the more faith you have that he'll move forward because he's shown himself over and over again. Another thing that I love as well about this verse is the very end of it. It says, let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. And the part that I love about this is that it says, then you will learn (laughs) God's will for you. He knows it. Just just so we all know. He knows his will for you. It's been the same since before he created the world. It's us that learn. It's us that learn. It's us that are the ones that tend to want to rush through things. It's us that are the ones that are really confused by the circumstances of our life. It's us that are this, that, and the other, blah, blah, blah. But God has actually known all along. And he's like, hey, here I am, the strong ox. Come stand by me. Let's do this together. Because it'll actually turn out so much better. It'll turn out so much better. So we have to remember that we serve a God that's in control. And He's asking us to partner with Him. He's asking us to stand beside Him and live life together. He's asking us to be a part of His world. And He doesn't have to. That's the beauty of this. He doesn't have to, but He desires our hearts so deeply. And it's so beautiful because he's not only offering the more of us, i oh, am sorry, offering the more of him to us, very different, but he's also the pathway and the strength to get there. It's partnership. We really were created to enter into partnership and to enter into community and to enter into relationship with him. And I love how He's just, yeah, I just, every time I think about it, sometimes I'm just like, oh, I'd like to get through this quickly. I'd like to do this quickly. I'd like to, la, 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 I just kind of see, you know, in those cartoons where like there's a big ox and it's just like, you know, just a bit, just standing there like, all right, just, just calm and chill. I'd run laps around him a million times, but he's still there and he's still steady and he's still faithful. And I love that about the Lord. So just to close, I just want to pray over us real quick. Um, And the band can come up if you like. But God, I just, I ask, Lord, that you would reveal things within our lives, God, that it's time to surrender to. God, I ask you that you would show us that you are the way, the truth, and the life in these processes. God, I thank you that you would reveal things that need to be dealt with today, Jesus. That you would reveal what the next step is, God, that you would reveal the pathway of what the next step is. And so, God, I just, see, I just see this picture of you taking so many people's hands today and saying, all right, it's time to go. It's time to go to the moor. It's time to work through these things. It's time to get up, lace up our boots, and get ready to walk through this dirt. Because there's more at the end of this. There is so much more. There is so much more. So Jesus, I just thank you for empowering every single person here. I thank you, God, that you are the way. You are the truth and you are the life and you are good, regardless of our circumstances, regardless of what's going on in our own worlds, in the world at all. We might not understand it. We might not like it, but you are good. And so Lord, we just choose to surrender to you today, Jesus. We choose to surrender our will, our way, what we think we should look like, what we're trying to look like, and we choose to take your yoke upon us, God, which is light. So I thank you, Lord, that you are the lamp unto our feet, God. And I thank you, Lord, that you truly do want to work within us and want to glorify our mess. And God, I ask that you would teach us what it looks like to be a living sacrifice for you, God. I ask that you would teach us what it looks like to surrender to the more. I ask you to build up our faith, Jesus. I ask you that we would continue on and on and on with you because it's so worth it. You're so worth it, Jesus. And we thank you for what you're doing, God, and we ask you to do more. Sacrifice, it may cost. Facing things, yeah, it might cost. But if you're at the end of the road, then we want to run after you, Jesus. So I just thank you, God, for empowering every person with the courage to pursue your word, Jesus, to pursue your conviction, God, to pursue your life. In Jesus' name, amen.